Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons about. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbian shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hi guys, welcome back to Les Hangout, a podcast that's worth at least five more points on your gay card. And we validate at the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm your East Coast lesbian, Ellie Brigida. And I am your West Coast lesbian, Lee Holmes Foster. And before we get started, we have a couple announcements that we wanted to make, starting with a either very big or very small announcement, depending on how you look at it. Um, We have mentioned it on the podcast before, but people seem to also be hearing it for the first time. Uh, So we do have a Les Hangout Gaby on the way. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So my wife and I will be welcoming a new member of our family uh, in May. So that's exciting. That's news. (laughs) We're going to get a little like Les Hangout onesie or something. Oh my God. Can we do onesies? Yes. (laughs) I just got so much, so much more excited about this baby. (laughs) Yeah. Besides like if it's not a onesie, like who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Other exciting announcements that we have uh, before I give birth to a small human, uh, we will both be at Klexicon. Yes. Which we are so excited about. We are going to be hosting a podcasting panel. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the panel, Ellie? Yes. So we will be teaching a podcasting panel that will hopefully be a well-rounded how-to of a podcast, how to pick your episodes, a little bit of audio, what kind of equipment to get, how to make a good podcast. So we're excited. <laughs> now that now that we're pros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are really excited. And we also have um, Carolyn Berger from the Diking Out podcast joining us, which you guys should for sure check out. I think that's it for announcements right now. We yeah. might have some more at the end of the episode. So let's get into the episode. Let's do it. This is episode 11, Gade Magnets. So this episode, we are going to be talking about that unspoken force that exists between all gay people that allows us to find each other, uh, even when we don't know necessarily ourselves that we are gay yet. Um, And I think this is something that a lot of gay people have experienced. I think it seems like it's, it's a pretty common shared experience that we've sort of all run into oh yeah you're drawn to these people but you're not necessarily like sexually attracted to all of them right it's like yeah you just you you feel like there's this thing about them that you connect to and when you're straight quote unquote or pre let's say when we're pre-gay I like that (laughs) (laughs) when we're little pre-gays you know when we're pre you recognize another pre-gay and you guys yeah. just start hanging out, and you're like, wow, we have so much in common. You don't really realize exactly why it is until later, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the the magnet analogy that we're going with, you know, it's it's something about attraction, but it's it's not necessarily yet yeah, desire, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's 
we're talking about this differently than lust or any of that. It's more of like a knowledge, right? Yes, you can just, you acknowledge this similarity in someone else. You feel comfortable with them. And for me, I feel like it started out pretty young, like maybe seventh or eighth grade were my first experiences, but it was the most intense in high school when I look back on it, right? (laughs) So I vividly remember this one girl. Her name is Claire. We're still friends. And I went to summer camp in 10th grade, okay? And... Like, we were doing these group bonding activities. It was like a ropes course or something. And at one point, we get back on the, we get back on the bus and me and Claire, our eyes met and I don't know what it was. I can't even remember what the like funny thing that happened was. Something stupid and funny (laughs) happened. We looked at each other and we just started dying laughing. And then we were inseparable. Like, (laughs) and it was, I can't describe it. It was like. We looked at each other and something in us just knew. The whole time at camp, she had a boyfriend. I was like, I'm straight and I just, I like boys. Like that boy over there is cute. But like we were holding hands and like sleeping in the same bed, you know, (laughs) but we were so straight. This, this is like the beginning of a queer coming of age movie. Just by the way, I think you should pitch this as a film. Oh yeah. And it's, if you like followed us throughout our lives too, it'd be really interesting because fast forward right? Okay. We're so straight. I went to visit her my senior year of high school and we went to go see the kids are all right. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> at this point, I think she's straight. I think I'm straight. Okay. But for some reason we go and we watch the kids are all right. And at the end of the movie, I'm talking to her and I'm like, oh, I'm so mad that like the, of course, like the more feminine looking one, like I not to spoil the kids are all right, but it really struck a nerve for me. Looking back, I'm like, OK, clearly you identify with Julianne more and you were like really pissed that she slept with that guy <laughs> because you were like, of course, like a feminine woman can't be a lesbian, like f- uh, the society, everything, you know? Yeah. So whatever. So I was really angry about it. And I was talking to Claire about it. And she was like, Ellie, I, I need to talk to you. It's like. Okay. And so she came out to me while we were driving back from The Kids Are All Right. Oh my God. And this is a queer coming of age movie. Yes. Can we get this made? (laughs) All right. Anyone, any screenwriters in our audience, like, help us out. But yeah, so she came out to me and I was surprised, but not surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she said to me, which I will never forget, she said, And I know you're going to college next year. She was a year older than me. (laughs) She's like, I know you're going to college next year. And I just want you to be open-minded because you you remind me a lot of me. (laughs) No, that legitimately (laughs) happened. Uh, And because you you did come out your freshman year? No, I came out my junior year of college. So she told me this. I was a senior in high school and she was like trying to ease me into it because she felt that we were gay magnets you know yeah (laughs) and she was like I see a lot of myself in you right fast forward to junior year of college when I came out she was one of the first people I called well and was she like well it took you fucking long enough did you open your damn mind like I asked you to (laughs) yes she was like well you could have listened to me a long time ago (laughs) but I'm glad you finally figured it out but it is like (laughs) when I was straight quote unquote I used pre-queer. to, I used pre-gay when I was pre-gay. Yeah. Okay. I used to be like, 
what the hell is it? All of my friends keep coming out. Like it just kept happening to me. <laughs> Every single one of my female friends was like, I'm a lesbian. I'm bi. I'm queer. I was like, what is it? They're everywhere. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> well, and that's and that's kind of what happened to me, too. I mean, when I was in kind of end of middle school, beginning of of high school, I one of my closest group of friends, there were four of us. And same thing where you just, you know, you sort of pair up in this way as friends. You end up in this group of friends. It doesn't feel like there's any particular reason for it, right? And you mm-hmm. don't know it at the time. I mean, you know, we we were really, really, really close friends. I think by the end of high school, some of us had stayed close. Others, you know, we'd sort of drifted apart a little bit. But looking back in hindsight of that group of the four of us, I think three of us are now married to women. Yep. And the fourth one, I don't know much about past high school, but I know, I mean, came from a pretty conservative family. And all I know about her is she used to drink a lot at parties in high school and make out with a lot of girls when she was drunk. Um, So I don't know if that says anything definitive, but, you know, it is you sort of you look back on these friendships and you always just sort of feel like, you know, there's something there was something that you didn't know at the time. That some part of you knew, you know? Yes. Somewhere deep down, that little nugget of gay down there, kind of, you know, nugget of gay hiding inside of you. It knew (laughs) what was going on. It always knows. And then it is, you do, you run into those situations where like, you know, my, my best friend in high school and I came out right around the same time as each other, mm-hmm. you know, and you do, you start, you start seeing that trend. And I think seeing that trend more as you talk to more gay people, you know, that they had this experience as well of, oh yeah, I also, you know, looking back, all of my close friends, you know, in that, those tween age years, you know, mm-hmm. that you do, you, you gravitate towards each other. Yeah. And you don't even know it until later, you know? No, I think it was, so I was in an all-female acapella group in high school, and we all got together for, like, a reunion my senior year of college. So we mm. we were all – actually, all of us were straight. In high school? In high school. Pre, pre-gay. I, I'm going to keep saying pre-gay. I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we went to this reunion, and there were about 10 of us there, and 7 out of 10, we were, like <laughs> – talking about our girlfriends and like talking (laughs) or talking about like oh like I don't have a girlfriend but yeah like I've definitely been like with girls and like we're like you know like a bunch of them went to Smith and yeah there were a lot of yeah and we were just one of them my really good friend Emily she moved all the way across the country to be with her girlfriend they're so cute Uh, but it's it was just like, this is hilarious. We're all sitting around being like, you gay-ass motherfucker. <laughs> like, I feel like all that's happening tonight is I am just hearing uh, movie pitches for a ton of movies that, that need to be made. Yeah. yeah. I think the takeaway here is there's not enough gay movies out there. Yes. Um, and this is a more realistic story. 12 gay people who in a group. Yeah. Like, not... Right, not the one, yeah, token gay. One gay person over there who catches <laughs> eyes with another gay person over there. Or a straight yeah. person over there, actually. Pre-gay person <laughs> over there. Every every blockbuster film currently in existence featuring the two gay people in New York. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, like, that doesn't make any sense because their magnets should be attracting more gays, you know? Yes. 
because we are out there and we do tend to to find each other, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's it's a legit thing. I mean, I don't know that there's a quantifiable way to measure this. This happens. This is a real thing. This is a anecdotal experience that we frequently have. I think a lot of us have. Yeah. Um and what I what I love about the gay magnetism, especially that a lot of us have specifically in our youth, right? Like that kind of you know, what we're just talking about, middle school, high school, before you've come out, you know, that you only know in hindsight when you look back and you say, oh, hey, th- those were all those queers I apparently hung out with when I was 12 and we didn't even know it. I feel like it's uh, it's like the precursor, right? So um, <laughs> we just want to throw as many pre-words in here as we can <laughs> in this episode. Um, but it is it feels like the precursor to something else that I think a lot of us are pretty familiar with, which is gaydar, right? And I think gaydar is is similar to what we've been talking about. It's just sort of that ability to recognize other gay people, right? To kind of be able to tell um, based on, on really tiny things or sometimes on almost nothing discernible at all uh, that someone else is also batting for the same team. Oh, yeah. I mean, and... And the older we get, I think the the more the sexual attraction of the gaydar well, sure. <laughs> comes in, right? <laughs> Where you're like, okay, I need to find out if this person is gay because I want to kiss them, so yeah. this is important. <laughs> but I would argue that gaydar in and of itself doesn't necessarily have to imply an attraction. I think sometimes you can tell whether or not you're someone is your type, whether or not you're into them. I mean, I think it becomes more of a more of an important thing in the dating world when you're trying to figure out, you know, I am attracted to that person. Is there something that's, you know, pinging my gaydar? Yes. Uh, but the the act of being able to tell in and of itself, I don't think. Oh, yes. But I inherently think it is more important. Oh, yeah. Well, 100 yeah. percent. I mean, we've- <laughs> I think it goes the other way around a lot of times, though, you know. When you're young, it's just sort of the knowledge. And when you're old, it's a lot of like, hey, I am into that person. And then looking for the knowledge. <laughs> yes. And then please, please give me some indicators. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I've got my checklist out. Do you meet these? You know, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure. <laughs> I <laughs> I was such an asshole in college. Pre-queer or post-queer? Post-queer. I mean, you could have been pre-queer too. I don't know. No. When I first <laughs> came out, it was like, I would be like, okay, well... Maybe they're not gay, but they'll make out with me. So, like, what are they anyways, you know? And it's, like, in college especially, it's, like, okay, people, girls get drunk and make out with you. Like, that doesn't really mean that much. Yeah. Um, but I do think there is, like, an aspect of it that is, like, I've talked about before, the intimidar. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, so for anyone who hasn't heard that before, I- explain what that means. So there are... T- <laughs> There are two sections of my gaydar, okay? One of them is just regular gaydar, like we're talking about. Like, you can just tell someone's gay. I, maybe I'm not into them, but I can tell they're gay. The other one is my intimidar, okay? <laughs> and this works for girls who might not be identifying as gay. They're definitely not straight, okay? But this is the... When you see someone and you're into them and you look at them and you, like flirt with them and you figure things out you can tell if they're into you right into me dar patent pending into me dar yeah into me dar (laughs) sometimes this doesn't work out too well for me because yes they're into me there's a lot more to sexuality than just that 
Sure, things get a little complicated. However, it is foolproof. My gaydar has never pinged the intimidar and not been right. That's all. <laughs> That's all. I've at least made out with everyone uh... who has pinged my intimidar. That's it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is when you get the most like bro lesbian in these I'm conversations. I, I like love when it. I say I used to be an asshole. I don't know if that's used to. <laughs> but I also but it makes me so happy because it's part of what I love about you and I hosting this podcast together is that we are like the complete opposite on stuff like this where you're like, oh, my God, I can totally tell when girls are just like into me like you just know and i'm like i am a giant awkward bubble of weirdness that just like never assumes anyone (laughs) is ever into me so it's great i feel like we balance each other out so like you can be a super asshole and i'll just be over here being like super awkward and like somewhere the average uh meets in the middle and it's fine it's great yeah we're we're relatable to all types yeah (laughs) yeah love me god Relatable and hateable, right? Isn't that relatable uh, and as, hateable? Yes, as Karen Knox would oh, say. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> We're gonna keep that around because we like it. <laughs> but I do still want to talk about um, the other half of Gaydar. The Gaydar half, not the not the Intimidar. Not the intimidar. Okay. I pride myself on my Gaydar. Okay. The main reason why is because I feel like a lot of people focus on stereotypes with Gaydar. Right, yeah. like, oh well, that girl's wearing a snapback, therefore she's gay. Chances are, <laughs> which she probably is. Sometimes she could be. Yes. However, <laughs> it's far more accurate if you focus on homosexual behavioral tendencies, because how a girl looks does not determine what her sexuality is. Okay. Yeah. So, the things that I focus on. This is when I. This is not immediate gaydar. This is like if I have hung out with this person a lot. This is studied gay. Yeah, this is okay. this is deep. This is deep this is Ellie gaydar. breaking out a note a notebook and you know she's yes. got a little list of observations dated time stamped. Mm-hmm. It's like it. bird watching for lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the things. Number one, which is obvious for lesbians, not as obvious for bisexual girls. That's okay, but not interested in men, especially for girls who are lesbians. And this, I think, served me better in college when more people were pre-gay and less people were out. Does that make pre-gay sense? Pre-gay is just making I just really love it. Every time. <laughs> it's like when people call eggs pre-birds. I don't know why. It's just like... <laughs> it just makes me happy every time we say, okay, sorry. You have a pre-baby in your belly. That's okay. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Oh, we have all the pre's. This is the pre-episode, and I love it. Okay. So Okay, not interested in men. To explain a little bit, it's because I feel like there are tendencies that I recognized in myself once I came out. So, for example, if I ever hear girls who are talking about how, I don't know, I just don't feel anything when I am with guys, (laughs) or I don't know, I just feel like I haven't found the right person yet. Like, there's just... There's no spark, you know? Like, <laughs> if you say any of those things to me and you're talking about the men in your life, like, we're going to have a talk. I'm just not really into romance. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because mm, I said all of those things before I came out. I was like, well, they're cute, but I don't, mm, like, mm. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I just never like anyone. No, you just never liked men. Although, to be clear, some people are are asexual or aromantic. That's also a real thing. So, 
Yes. We're just we're we're being aware, but yes, sure. This is this is certainly a possible checklist on the way to you have found yourself a pre-queer. <laughs> yes, you found yourself a pre-queer. Okay. Number two is which works for I think everyone on the spectrum. Super close female friendships. Yeah. Like if we talk about gay magnetism, there's a bunch of people you're attracted to, but then there are also those few individual people you're attracted to who you spend a little too much time with them. You have sleepovers and yeah. cuddle. You care a little too much. Yeah, you miss them yeah. horrifically when they're gone. That bordering on jealousy kind of, yeah. Yep. Yeah. This all sounds very familiar, sure. it's Yeah, and that was very familiar to me as well. And then, <laughs> this is where the asshole part comes in again. I'm sorry. Um, If they'll make out with me. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll do it. Here you have it, folks. The uh, the foolproof Ellie Brigida gaydar checklist. <laughs> That's it. Or if I see them make out with other women. Well, sure. Yeah. They might still make out with you then. I mean, you know, no. let's not close the door on our dreams, okay? Yes, thank you. Ellie, what should I watch now that Winona Earp ended? Well, if you like Winona Earp, you should definitely check out Riley Para on Tello. It's a little bit Winona Earp, a little bit Buffy, and a little bit Rosalia Niles, but actually gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love the Riley Para book, so of course I'm watching it. Plus, Tello's all about making content for lesbians, so lesbians are front and center. And you know we are all about lesbians front and center! <laughs> and... Did you know they're the first lesbian network to receive an Emmy nomination? Which is huge. Such a big deal. We were so excited to buy our subscription because we know all those fees are just going to go straight into making more lesbian content, which I think is something we all want. More lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And we have a special deal for our listeners. If you use the code LESHANG at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first month or your first year. So be sure to check out Tello and subscribe to watch great shows like Riley Para and so many others. <laughs> what we're getting at is you, you can tell, right? And I think this brings up something that you and I had just talked about recently, because there's there's a conversation that you just had that I would love if you would just, you know, quick overview of this conversation uh, okay. with, with our yes. listeners. So... My sister is straight, and I talk to her quite a bit about gay things. And so I was telling her about our should have been gays, and she was saying to me, okay, but you have to make sure you're not over-sexualizing female friendships, because, you know, not every female friendship has to be a lesbian relationship. Yes. Right? Correct. Which is valid. However, like I said, there are certain indicators of super close female friendships yeah. Are just different. That you just know. You just know there's something else going on there, right? Yeah. And I mean, to be completely fair, and and I said this to you at the time, and it is 100% true, not to worry, listeners, we will be over-sexualizing <laughs> female friendships on should have been gays at one point or another. Valid. That is almost guaranteed that that will happen just because it. some of them are fun and it's hard to stay away from just... Because it it makes us laugh or it makes us happy or or we, you know, don't shut the door on your dreams. <laughs> but 
But also, I think, you know, the episode that just came out last week, I think Rosalia and Isles is a great example of where there's just too many things. There's too many indications of things that you just, you can tell. There's something where you, you kind of get past the boundaries of, a, of you know, what is actually a friendship and into into something else. And I, and I think you can tell, you know, I think there are things about that that we pick up on that don't just have to do with even necessarily specific actions or exact things. There's just sometimes, oh, this is not just a, a friendship. This is a pre-queer relationship. <laughs> this relationship is only pre-gay. That's all. Yes. <laughs> you know? And will eventually evolve to post-gay. Yeah, because I think Gaydar, I mean, you know, we're talking about it primarily in that individual interaction, you know, of of seeing a person and that interaction on an individual level of, of recognizing something in them. But I think you can also tell tell with people, tell with relationships. I mean, whether, you know, as you just said, they're making out with each other, sure. But I also think, you know, like even how you and I met, I think is a great example of both sides of this because... We met a couple years ago at an acapella festival, as we've mentioned on the podcast before. At the time, the year that we met, you were there with your girlfriend at the time. Yes. I was there by myself. But I think that we both had that had that that sort of, you know, recognition of me looking at the two of you going, ah, they don't seem like just friends. Yep. And us <laughs> looking at you and being like, look at that cute little gay. <laughs> <laughs> And then, no, because we also, we grabbed lunch. Yeah. And it was just the three of us. And we only talked about lesbian things for, like, an hour. Yes. Let's go get lunch and hang out. And then immediately trying to, like, very obviously all come out to each other. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know? true. Let me completely, unquestionably out myself in this conversation just to be like, I'm so gay. Are, are you also gay? Because I kind of feel like you're also gay. Yes. <laughs> And then once we got that out of the way, then we proceeded to to try to pick out all the the pre-gays uh, from the little high school groups that were singing. Yes, that was so and fun. They were we adorable. were adorable. Our gaydar there, <laughs> oh, full circle. Oh, our little baby gays—they were amazing. They were. Ugh. And yes, how we found out that they were baby gays was because they were swooning over this like yes aka lesbian. Yes, and it happens. Come on, ladies. It's okay. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about this on an anecdotal level, yes. right? Just we both know. <laughs> if you're a gay person, you you understand these things, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have my les watching notebook the way you do, but uh, <laughs> but still, but I know what you mean. Yeah, but uh, I find it really interesting. There's actually been a lot of research done on gaydar, which is just hilarious. But there have been a number of scientific studies done to see if gaydar is a myth or not. And there's a few different ones. So one of them from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, it had silent videos of people. They had rated themselves on the Kinsey scale. Then they had the observers rate those people how they thought they ranked on the Kinsey scale. And most often, the people accurately perceived their sexuality. So someone could tell from watching a silent, a silent video. video of someone else. Yeah. What were they doing in the videos? That's what I, I want to know. I don't know. I think like they were just talking or I don't know. <laughs> well, imagine it's making a, out with yeah, women. Yeah, it's a silent <laughs> video. They're either making out with a woman or a man and you're like, oh, well, yeah, right. <laughs> I guess it's obvious. Yeah, but I don't know. I just think it's, it's really interesting, like the different ways we perceive people just from looking at them. Yeah. So there's another one where they studied the gay face 
which I think we've also talked about before. <laughs> is this like resting gay face? I think I have resting gay face. What is resting gay face? It's like resting bitch face. I just look gay all the time. <laughs> I love it. But yes, I think they did some sort of study where there's like actually like a shape of a face that's more gay than another, which I think is sort of stupid. But in this particular study, it showed that people reliably misjudge people who don't fit into the stereotype. So people who didn't have a gay face but identified as gay. Okay. Gay face is going to make me laugh every time. I know. Exactly. And it's like, what does that even mean? But either way, people who didn't have a gay face, they would judge them as not gay. And they would misjudge people who identified as gay but didn't, quote unquote, look gay. Huh. Which I think I feel like I experience a lot with people misjudging that I'm gay because I don't fit into a box of the gay face or the gay... You think you don't have gay face? No, I really don't. What about when you're wearing a snapback? Does that change your face? (laughs) I like never wear a snapback, so I don't... We have snapbacks, Ellie. I know, I'm looking at it right now, actually. (laughs) It's like, it's right above my studio monitors, my last hangout snapback. But I don't look very good in hats, so I just don't wear them. See, whereas I look great in hats, does that mean I have gay face? No, I really don't think you have a gay face, actually. Okay. So what is it that was so, you know, unquestionably gay about me? I'm so curious now. It's the clothes. No, it's, that's what I'm (laughs) saying. It's the vibe. I don't judge people, I don't judge people based on how they look. If they look, like, if they look gay, like, I don't even know what that means. Except you say that and we have absolutely 100% at the next year's festival had conversations about someone definitely wearing gay shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes. Maybe, oh my gosh, that outfit, the tweed suit. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly who I'm talking I'm sorry, about. And you like, know what shoes. And they suit. were gay shoes, okay? Come okay, on. yeah. I d- never judge people on their looks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to keep this podcast honest, everyone. But okay? I will say, I talked to her, and I gauged from speaking with her that yes. she was not. Yes, correct. All right. But the, sh- but the shoes were. But the initial impression, I said, hmm, could be. Let's investigate, you know? Okay, speaking of not judging people from how they look... <laughs> As you're, so, as you're about to do, does that mean you're uh, about yeah, to do I'm it? about to segue into this story that <laughs> <laughs> is exactly that. But still, okay. I, this was the year after I came out. I went to one of my friend's apartments. She went to Boston College. I went to visit. We were just hanging out. I went into her room and she had a picture on her wall of her and this other girl. And something about it, I, I don't know what, I just saw the picture I got this vibe and I just pointed at the girl and I said, is she gay? (laughs) And my friend was like, no, she's not gay. Ellie, you think everyone's gay? And I was like, okay, you know what? You're probably right. Fast forward. (laughs) A few months later, my friend called me and she goes, Ellie, you will not believe what just happened. The girl in the picture just came out to me. She has a girlfriend. Of course she does. That was the moment that I knew, like, my gaydar was gold. And you didn't even have a silent video. This was just a photo. Just a photo. That's how good you are. And now that girl is engaged to her girlfriend and they're going to get married. Aw, yay. All from a photo. Yay, gay love. It's so cute. But yes, you shouldn't judge a gay by a photo, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh. 
Well, I also think it's really interesting. So they have also done like artificial intelligence research with photos. So they've taken photos from people's dating profiles and 91% of men AI was correct for and 83% of women AI was correct just by reviewing pictures of their online dating profiles just from pictures. And this is this is some sort of algorithm. So how does the AI rank against you is what I want to know. How does it? Oh, probably I'm 100 (laughs) percent. You know, you can't. Machines can't replace Ellie just yet, you guys. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I do think it's interesting, though. Like, I wonder what the pictures are. Well, are they looking for gay face? I would hope they're looking for something a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm picturing is like a, you know, like a face scanner. No, I'm picturing some sort of, like, machine learning algorithm that's, you know, it's like, we have identified Birkenstocks in this photo. Yeah, we have identified a beanie. Right. (laughs) We have identified a gay pride flag. We have identified a picture with Ellen Page. The other thing, and, and, you know, this is going to be the the super nerdy side of me coming out, but I, I am curious when they say the percentage of cases that they were correct. I'm curious what the testing samples looked like. I mean, because the thing is, the majority of the population is straight. So how much of the sample size that they had, you know, was it was it sort of an even spread of people to identify? Was it just based on like a random sampling? In which case, if you, you know are biased towards straight you you will be right more most of the time of the time i'm i'm curious you're right i am curious too i didn't read the study so you know i'll take your look into it it. i know we'll we'll do more review you guys don't do more research (laughs) but it is i mean and i think we've talked about this once on the podcast before right that um they are they are sort of doing research into this of being able to to identify orientation from photos and stuff for for when the robots come for us all, I think. Yeah, which is a little bit terrifying. It is, in some yeah. ways. I mean, we've mostly been talking about lesbians here, because we are lesbians. But I also think it's interesting, a lot of these scientific studies skew heavily towards gay men. So there was a UCLA study that found that they were able to accurately guess the sexual orientation of men 60% of the time, which isn't which isn't really a high percentage. But with women, their guesses, they didn't even include the percentage. It was so low. Huh. So I find it sort of interesting because I don't think gay men fit more into stereotypes. 
But I feel as though the stereotype that has been portrayed in the mainstream media, if you were to ask someone what they think a lesbian looks and acts like, is so far from the lesbians that we encounter in real life. Yeah. That that makes complete sense to me that people would be more wrong with women. Well, and also because I think we're represented less still. I mean, I think most of the time, like year to year, I think there is still less lesbian representation than than gay male representation. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of across media, I think. Yeah, which gives us a smaller sample size of... Right, what people see. What people think, yeah, what people think we look like. Sure. I just thought that one in particular was really interesting to me. No, it is. I mean, and and because I think it, I mean, obviously, we, you know, we'll joke about Birkenstocks and we'll joke about snapbacks, but I think it's something that came up in our last episode that most people, when you ask, you know, what do you look for in gaydar, um, you know, and, and I asked you this, I think, on the Q and gay, uh, and my, one of my options that I gave was just the force, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is, there's just something that it's, it's sort of an unmeasurable, unquantifiable, you know, hard to explain thing of what you look for. Um, We're, we're talking the force, you know, pre-midichlorians having been (laughs) invented. We're talking the old school force. Well, hey, (laughs) old school force, uh, you know, back when it was, just just a a feeling. <laughs> oh, it's like it's almost like love. Aww. Oh, you know? Cuz we we do love us some gays. I mean, yeah. it's true. But like if you're going to try to explain love to someone, it's like, well, it's just a feel like you just feel yeah. it, you know? You just you just know. Yeah, you, you just know, know when it's right. <laughs> yeah. You know when it's right, you know when they're gay. You know when they're pre-gay. <laughs> Oh, pre-queers. So true. (laughs) Does this bring us into our Q&Gay? Is it time for Q&Gay? I'm so excited. It is. Q&Gay, here we go. Q. 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 And. 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 Gay. I came up with the Q&Gays this week. For those of you who are just joining us, the Q&Gay is a segment where we ask questions to each other, and we're going to have them on Twitter as well for you to answer. So here we go. Hit me. Do you have any friends who you were friends with when you were pre-gay that are now gay? Oh, yes. Very much so. Yep. Has a friend ever come out to you? Yes. I'm trying to remember who came out to who first, but I'm going to say yes. Do you think you have a gay face? Well, apparently I don't. I I don't know that I've ever looked. Like, do you want to have a gay face? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. I think it I, seems like I, you're I sad. I, I might be. I don't know. Now I feel like I'm less gay, maybe. Am I less gay if I don't have gay face? No. Okay. The whole point is that your appearance doesn't matter. You, you're very gay, okay? I mean, I have 12-year-old boy face. Does that count as gay face? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to okay. you. All right. Have you ever been able to tell if someone was gay from just a picture? Uh... Yes. I don't know that I've ever gotten complete confirmation on that, but yes. Okay. Do you think you could beat an artificial intelligence algorithm with your gaydar? Yes. Come on. Of course. Machines got nothing on us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last one. How do you show another gay that you're gay? A, your clothes. B, the force. C, lesbian smile. 
or D, <laughs> kiss her. Uh, I'm gonna say the force, although the real answer is I just talk about how gay I am. <laughs> yes, valid. I mean, I'm gonna say the force as covering, like, I talk about obvious gay things and assume they will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think you you exude the force. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I just I just put it into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> All right, that concludes our Q and Gay. But remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q and Gay questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. And remember, you can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook at Les Hangout Pod. And you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. I know there are a lot of things we talked about in this episode. <laughs> Please send us an email. Talk about your pre-gay experiences. We want to hear them all. We definitely want to hear them all. Um, you can also check us out at our website. You can stream our episodes at our website at leshangoutpod.com. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps us know what you're thinking and help other people find the podcast. If you're looking for other ways that you can help support the podcast, we also launched our Patreon we have already hit our first goal yeah, on our baby. Patreon, which is super exciting, and we cannot stop thanking all of our patrons. Um, we have some really exciting rewards that you can check out there. We are gearing up for our first Les Essentials viewing party that we're super excited about. Um, that's another way that you can help us out and help us continue to bring you more content. Remember, if you want to follow us individually, uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter at LSH Foster. And the best place to find me is on Instagram at LEBOfficial underscore. I just did an Instagram rebrand, people. <laughs> and I just want to say, I try to be LEBOfficial without the underscore. And LEBOfficial is a tiny white dog. Oh, no. <laughs> so honestly, please follow both LEB official <laughs> regular and LEB official underscore. We are going to make that tiny little white dog so famous. Uh, would the real LEB please stand up <laughs> and beg for treats? <laughs> Dying. Oh, with that, you guys, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.